Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Susie Ragsdale, a musician whose album Ghost Town just dropped earlier this month. So we're going to be talking all about that. Susie is uh, enjoying some chips and salsa and a margarita at one of her favorite Mexican places while we are recording this, and that's the truest way to enjoy life. Uh, always good to have a marg nearby. We're also talking about how music can help people and, and bring light into their lives. The key elements you need to have a good song and the worst gig that Susie has ever played. Lots of good stuff all around. If you'd like to support Good People Cool Things, head over to the merch shop. Goodpeoplecoolthings.com slash shop. Buy yourself something comfortable and stylish. Or get a mug to pour all of your, perhaps, margarita into. Or uh, whatever your drink of choice is. Works great for coffee. Works great for pretending it's coffee and you have something else in. You just do you. You can also always get in touch at GPCT Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But for now, let's hop on into the conversation with Susie. Definitely want to talk about your new album, which comes out... It'll already be out once this podcast drops, but as of now, when we're talking, it comes out tomorrow. Is that correct? Ghost yeah. Town? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've already got like a box of, of EP CDs to send to my friends and stuff, but the official release date is tomorrow. Very cool. Do you have a, a celebration plan? Do you have like a typical album launch day uh, process that you go through well last time i released a couple of eps together like two six song things for a 12 song package i went all out it was 2010 i went all out i got four string players and two horns and a couple of background singers and four piece band and myself on the keyboard and there were more people on stage than in the audience actually <laughs> at the basement in Nashville, which is like, it's the coolest place ever. One of, one of the coolest places ever. And we had like this huge party. Well, now of course, everything's different. So I have planned uh, at my house, which is out here in the country. I've got six and a half acres. This Sunday was supposed to be my EP release party slash bonfire and in the teepee, but now Hurricane Delta, I think it's Delta, is going to come through. It's going to hit ground in Louisiana and the Gulf Coast tomorrow morning, Friday, and it's going to like cycle up and hit Nashville Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's going to be so horribly rainy on my release party plan date that I think it's like unwise to hold the party. So I postponed it because everybody's scared, you know, as they should be. And they want to wear masks and they want to be outside. And I don't want to ask 25 or 40 people to come into my house for a party and, and not be um, protected like they would be outside. So I'm moving the party to, I think, Friday the 16th, maybe Sunday the 18th. Nice. Yeah. So not not too much of a delay. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's just it's such a drag that the whole world has 
changed so dramatically and so drastically that we can't just carry on. We can't. Yeah, I think that's it's any musician I've talked to, I think, has had to adapt in some way, whether or not they were releasing an album this year. Uh, you know, they had concert dates lined up and it was just I mean, for lack of a better word, I say this probably every episode, but it required a pivot channeling Ross from Friends had to pivot. And uh, I think it's it's uh, cool to see how people are, are recovering from all of that. <laughs> and I've got so many wonderful musicians on this record that played on it. And some of them are like, you know, in their 70s and, and beyond. And, and they um, aren't they aren't in the best health. So even more careful we are right around this or seniors. I mean, I'm almost a senior. But for my father, who's in his 80s, and Dan Dugmore, who's had some issues with health, and he's like the greatest steel player in the world ever. But I, I want them all to be able to come and, and enjoy. And if it's a dangerous thing with you know, virus, contagion stuff, then I'll just postpone the party. I'm, I'm having a really good time online, like with you right now to be able to celebrate the music we don't have to all touch each other it's okay i hope it ends soon but i, I would like to touch somebody at some point <laughs> <laughs> so with the recording process then you have all these musicians on did you still get out to the studio together was that kind of all done pre-covid or i uh, was it a lot of like them recording their parts from home and then kind of sending it to you and you would listen to it that way and, and then add on top of it? What was what was all of that like? Well, it was a little bit of both because thankfully I was able to get my producer, Sam Frank. He came from, he was moving his family from New Zealand to England, back to London, where his whole family is. And he wanted to stop over and produce this record with me. So he showed up at my house February 14th, which Nobody knew about COVID then. It was all fine. We were all fine. And he stayed for five weeks. In the middle of that, all this COVID stuff happened. And he he got out to go back to his daughter and his wife on the very last flight that Nashville would allow to London Wow! at the time. So, yeah. So we got, like, before pandemic, those first two or three weeks before we knew to be careful the musicians all came to my house out in kingston springs out in the country where you can't get a wi-fi but you can record music and they all came over like tammy rogers on the fiddle and allison prestwood on the bass and pat mcgrath and everybody just came to my house and sat there and put their parts on kind of one at a time and then um we went up to Dan Dugmore to his farm about an hour north and um, by, car, by car an hour north and got him to do all his parts. And he's been in kind of poor health a little bit. So, so he's not going anywhere outside of his house. But by the time we knew that it was dangerous to get together, everyone was, had done their parts. Now, when we made the video for Live Until You Die, it was too dangerous. So I had them all send in their like videos of themselves playing along to the, 
the record that they had played on and we put it together like a zoom thing and it worked really good <laughs> it really worked out well i don't know if you've seen it but yeah i think i think that's a cool way to adapt to it and um it's it's Interesting. I even wrote uh, an article on uh, how fun it is to just see inside of people's living rooms and backyards and things like that yeah. uh, when they're playing at yeah. home. And you really get like a sense of, of personality that maybe doesn't come across in a, a standard music video. So I think it's a real cool way to adapt to what's going on. Yeah, I agree. I think everybody has has enjoyed watching inside your living room, like who whoever's on TV doing whatever thing music or just reporting the news or being on good morning america it's like here's what i chose to put in my background or you know, <laughs> it's like you get to know and people should be careful too what they show because i think there have been a couple of naked people walking around in the background <laughs> that sh shouldn't have been naked <laughs> yeah or like confidential documents shown in the background where people can zoom in and get social security <laughs> numbers and things like that it's like let's be let's be a little bit more careful people i just because you have yourself as a small thumbnail that doesn't mean someone else can't blow up your screen and and see what's going on so i for your life yeah yeah so i'm trying to try to stick to like minimal uh white wall backgrounds i think is, is always a good way to go even though some people might say it looks more boring but that's fine I, I do have um as my background at home i do have a photograph i bought of elvis costello that i bought in london back in the 90s and it's really cool he's like making a face you know <laughs> There's Elvis Costello, so you can see that. That's yeah, that sounds like a good a good background to have for sure. <laughs> so I I like to ask this with musicians when they're releasing a new album because obviously all the songs are like children and that you love all of them. But do you have a favorite from this album? Well, I've thought about this because I've been asked it a <laughs> time or two. And, and also also, there's only six on this EP, so it's a short album. And out of the six, I've made three videos of songs. So when the videos are being made and I'm listening over and over again, that's my favorite song, right? But I think after all is said and done, and with input from my friends who are really great song critics, like intelligent people i trust <laughs> i think my favorite song is the ending the ending which is the sixth and last song i think it's got the most uh important message to deliver they're all good they're all fun you know or i wouldn't have shown them to you but <laughs> but i think the ending is it nice ending on a high note i like it i like it it's always <laughs> a, always a good way to go i uh, so we'll go from then the high of of your favorite song i uh, to a probably a more negative time but i think these always make for the best stories do <laughs> you remember your worst gig that you've ever played oh oh yes i do <laughs> well, it may may not be the worst but it's the worst one that i remember there was a time back in the 90s when um me and verlin thompson were a duo and and I hadn't performed very often on a big stage. And to me, 
12th and Porter in Nashville was a big stage. They had these paper mache angels hanging on either side of the big stage. And, and my heroes had always played there like Pat McLaughlin and David Olney and John Hyatt and, you know, great writers. And I'm like, I'm on this stage. Oh my God. And I had just written this song. Pay attention was the song. And I wrote it on the piano and I knew how to play it, but I was so nervous at being at 12th and Porter playing it that I totally fumbled the chord progression with my hands. And instead of, as I do now, carrying on and just covering up to where no one can tell, I went, ah, and I quit. I quit in the middle of this. <laughs> and the whole crowd was like, oh, no. And my my husband, Verlin, was like, oh, Susie, just start over. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start this song over. And so I played it from, it's only a two-minute song anyway. But I started it over and succeeded. And I got like a standing ovation. <laughs> so, but still, that was the worst, the worst live show. I, like, <laughs> I just froze and went, ah, do it. Yeah, sure. You can just like feel the tension within the crowd too. But I'm glad you persevered. That's a good a good tale well, of getting over the hump. The, the thing that every performer needs to remember is probably 95 percent of the audience is on your side. You know, they love you. They're there for you to do good to entertain them, and they want you to be well and do well. And they're going to forgive you and they're going to love you for your mistakes. And the, the other 5% should just go home. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, people, people are usually good and loving and kind and supportive. And so if you know that your stage fright needs to go away a little bit because everybody's on your side. And I think you can always try and play it off at least a little bit of if if you do mess up, like maybe you play uh, a couple wrong notes or hit the wrong chord or something, but just kind of play it off. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm experimenting a little bit. Like I, this is not the, the typical sound that you'd get from the album. This is a live show. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit and I, you, can, you can play it off yeah. nicely. Oh. Yeah. And that, and that works so well when you've got some experience. But that day, back 30 years ago, I was so fucking scared. <laughs> I was like, no, I messed up my entire life. Sorry, I said the F thing. But It's okay. I've heard, I've heard worse things. It's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought F was the worst, worst one. I mean, I, if, if it's like just the word by itself, but I feel like I've heard I, other... <laughs> You know, yeah. like a string of, of words and uh, things like yeah. that. But and I don't, it can be no. it can be a really funny word too. It's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Exactly. It all depends how you use it. What it actually means is is kind of a good thing. You know, who doesn't want you know to have sex at some point? Whatever. Let's let's it. Now, a question that I like to ask is a question that you wish you were asked more frequently. And you uh, you mentioned that you kind of had some trouble with this one, which I think is common for a lot of people because you do get asked similar questions like, 
uh, what comes first, the music or the lyrics. I, yeah, I, I've been hearing that question forever. It's like, <laughs> why do people care about that? A, a look inside the process, I guess. I don't know. I think it, it can be interesting, but I agree. It's probably maybe the most over-asked question uh, for any yeah, songwriter yeah. or musician. Um, but I did like what you were kind of leaning towards of how uh, how you can give your time and music to causes that you believe in and kind of use your platform, your music for good. Uh, and would love to to hear your thoughts around that and if you can expand on that a little more. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting over here in paradise in the country with time on my hands. I can write songs. I can uh, Zoom with you. I can do things. So why couldn't someone ask me as a question, hey, would you come over here and play music or teach a songwriting class or, or teach some children how to play the piano or whatever? Why don't you, you know, ask me to help you? I want to help. And the last thing I did that I felt was really helpful uh, was when my dog, my bulldog, Tex, was a therapy dog. And I got to bring him to the hospital and, and let him make people happy. He was so good at it. <laughs> but after that, I don't feel like I've really been... Um, generous enough or giving enough to this world that needs so much so much i would really like to see if anyone cares to like have me just come and play music with children or sing to i don't know what what does anyone want i just would like to be more helpful and less selfish yeah, and I, I, the therapy uh, dog with text coming in, I think that's, it's it's such a seemingly simple thing, but like, I, I mean, I do know, I do know people who don't like dogs, but generally, I think just seeing a dog like brightens up your day so much and just how happy and loving they are. And it's, it's, Especially a that's bulldog. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, uh, I, I have two dogs and one of them uh, leaps off the porch every time he goes outside to use the bathroom. <laughs> and it's just like the most carefree, joyous thing uh, in the world. And I'm like, I could watch this all morning. This is great. Like, come come on back and then go back out and jump. It's it's a great yeah. time. But yeah, I think there's there's lots of uh, good ways. And especially I would I would even argue more so now of of how something like music can brighten up people's day, even if it is virtually even if you can't go and play you can still play at home share that with people and i yeah. uh, make them make them more joyful yeah. yeah i i would like for someone to ask me a question more often would be like how can how can i help you is my question and their question would be will you come and help us in this way or the other will you come and sing play bring your dogs whatever can you possibly help us? And I'd be like, yes, I want to help. Because <laughs> nice, I, like I have time. Like yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And yeah, I, th I think there are a lot of people out there um, that want to and 
may not know how to ask those questions. So that's that's good that you're willing to be asked that. And uh, hopefully a lot of other people are too, because again, like music can be so helpful. Um, and, and, you know, there's so many times you've heard someone say like, this song saved my life or like, I was feeling so down. I listened to the song. Now I'm feeling better. Um, and I think that's, that's a great, a great thing and a great gift that not everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get messages on Facebook and stuff like people who have heard telling me that they felt better because they heard this or that song of mine. And that's, that's beautiful and wonderful. And I just, I want to ramp that up and give whatever I can give, you know, for sure. And I, I think that segues nicely into our top three, which I, uh, I'd love to hear your top three elements that make a song great. Honesty is, is number one, probably. So whether you're telling your own story or some, some story that you've created, some fantasy, some fictional thing or someone that you know, to be honest in, in how you relay it, right? And then... Um, and then to be really, really simple, simplicity, to be so uncomplicated that it's like, hey, ABC, okay, right? You don't need 1,800 words to say what you could say in eight words. So honesty and simplicity and, and, and clarity, uh, just to be um, sure of what you mean to say. And it's not just all about fun, right? Even like the most fun songs in the world, like Shake It Off, Taylor Swift. <laughs> brilliant. I think she's brilliant, you know? But I don't know why that came to mind. There's so many more renowned songs like Let It Be, Let It Be, Let It Be, Let It Be, Whisper Words of Wisdom, Let It Be, right? You don't need to say a lot of stuff to get the point across. It's like, it's like, I've got a message and I'm going to make it fun to hear and I'm going to make it beautiful to hear. And if you agree with it, you're going to listen to it. If you disagree with it, then go listen to somebody else. What if, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Good deal. Well, Susie, you are officially off the hook. Uh, if people want to hear ghost town want to learn more about you want to get in touch where can they find you well there's susyragsdale.com and that's the main one where you can totally get everything i've ever done and i think that that most of it is on itunes to be downloaded and i'm pretty sure it's on spotify and stuff i don't know i'm so old i'm not technical at all but you can totally get me on www.susyragsdale.com, spelled S-U-Z-I, Ragsdale. Wonderful. Well, Susie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. This is great. It was fun to talk to you, too. I mean, I, we're going to hang up, but, but hang on and talk to me after we hang up so I can say good, a good goodbye. <laughs> okay, will do. And of course, we always end with a corny joke. So I've got a music musically themed one uh, this is probably not my favorite music one but i can't remember which ones i've told so uh, i know i haven't told this one middle c e flat and g walk into a bar 
The bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve minors here. <laughs> Get after it today, people. 